The Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 69, Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Part 2, Superman. Hello, time travelers, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. This is a uh, episode two in our coverage of the Justice League Gods and Monsters series of comics that were created to lead up to a movie, Justice League Gods and Monsters. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, comic book fan, comic book writer, comic book reader. And I have been joined by another comic book fan, another comic book reader, um, and a friend of mine as well. And that is Ooh. Evan David. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on again, Ben. How you doing? This I'm is... doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here we are. We're releasing these daily. And so it's a little bit different thing there. It's also different because Evan is on as a co-host and, and uh, it's not Daniel or Matt who's joining me. But Evan instead, and that's kind of fun, kind of new, kind of fresh, kind of yeah. exciting. You know, kind of like, kind of like this new series that DC is coming out with. Well, God. this literally, if you think about it, you know, it's me. I'm here, just like you know, Lois Lane exists in this universe we're talking about. But the co-host is not Daniel. That's right. I'm an alternate version of Daniel. Alternate version of Daniel who is not even named Daniel. And I don't even like lacrosse. I've never even been to a lacrosse game ever. It's the way it works here. You know, this is the Elseworlds version of Comic Book Time Machine. So so here's how this works. Uh, On July 22nd, they released a comic book called Batman or Gods and Monsters Batman. July 29th, that's where you need to set your time coordinates. July 29th, 2015, they released Superman. Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Superman comic book. On August 5th, they released a Wonder Woman comic book, and then they released a three-issue weekly series, Justice League, Gods and Monsters. All these things were prequel material to the July 28th release. So actually, this comic book we're talking about today was released the day after the movie was Hmm. released. but that movie, Gods and Monsters, all of this stuff was back material, supporting material to that Justice League Gods and Monsters movie. Another thing they did as uh, supporting material and, and promotional material, really, was in June of 2015, they released three mini movies. These three mini movies each featured Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And it was basically a solo adventure, five-minute solo adventure. Now, if you go to welcome, welcome to level seven. No, if you go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters, that is where you can find all five episodes that we are doing our coverage uh, all lumped together in one single place. And that way, um, you can go there if you want to start with episode 68 of Comic Book Time Machine and listen to the Batman episode. You can also just go directly to episode 68 if you're doing this through your favorite podcatcher or on your your MP3 device or you know iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is that you listen to. Episode 68, Comic Time Machine, is our Batman episode. We talk a little bit more about 
just what we're doing here. Now, just as a review, though, what we do on Comic Book Time Machine, I shouldn't say we. Well, it is we because Evan is here. Uh, when I talk about a what if or Elseworlds story, and that's what Justice League Gods and Monsters really is. It's a what if or, or an Elseworlds story uh, where they take the concepts that you're familiar with and give them a twist. In this case, it's a heavy twist. It's twisted so much that it's not even the same person. But what I like to do when I read these stories, because I really, really enjoy reading stories about my favorite characters in these different situations, partially because all you need to know is who they are. Superman, you know, you just need to know the core concept. He's a good guy with a lot of power. And Batman, his parents were killed. In an Elseworlds story, maybe his parents were killed. But um, So with these stories, there's four questions I like to ask. And one is, does it stand alone as a story? Which means, would it work without knowing who the character is? In this case, knowing, can you read this story and would it make sense to you if you didn't, if you never heard of Superman? Uh, the second question is, does it explore the character in a way that reveals what makes him or her tick? Again, we talked about this with Batman, but with this, it's a little different because this is not Jor-El. No, it's not Kal-El. Jor-El is his father. This is not Kal-El. Now, you can't necessarily tell from reading this particular story, but You'll find out who he is as we go further. Third question, does it reveal anything new about the character? And fourth, is it fun? And for these, we're also talking about a theme, which I guess is something I would talk about with, with a regular story anyway. We're talking about the themes. We're talking about things from the DC universe that are in here but have that twist to them. Um, yeah, so from from here... Uh, I think it's just time for us to to jump in and start talking about Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Superman, okay. who he is and what he's doing and and why he's doing it. Uh, and and there's some good stuff here. There's some. I, did you like this better than you like Batman? Yes, and actually, I enjoyed this a little bit more than I thought I would going into reading it. So okay, and you had watched the short too. Yes, in the short, was not happy about. We will talk about that because I think that there's more to talk about in the short. No, I know there is more to talk <laughs> about in the short than there was for Batman. Yes, the Batman for sure. short was pretty much a shocky, gimmicky feeling story. Like this is dark and it's gross, but with the Superman one, at least there's some stuff to talk about there's some thematic things you know there we'll is and i've i've got some behind the scenes stuff on that as well because uh, i mentioned in the last interview i, I watched an interview with bruce tim recently uh -huh. and uh he gave us some behind the scenes stuff about that which i'd like to comment on oh even about the the short he did yes awesome yep. awesome well this comic book like i said you'd have to go to july 29th in your uh, time machine to get this from 2015 it's written by Bruce Tim and J.M. DeMattis. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that with our Batman episode, who, who wrote them. But Bruce Tim, he's, he's the project manager. I mean, he is behind everything, really, that we're getting yep. that has a Justice League Gods and Monsters label on it. And then there are other people who've been brought in to help with the stories. Um, you know, Alan Burnett uh, was brought in to do the scripting for the, the movie itself and J.M. DeMattis. Dematius. I'm not sure how to say his name, but he's he's doing the scripting here for these stories. 
And with this one, what I found interesting was that they kept some of the, well, the primary elements here. Uh, Superman rockets to Earth as a child, as Krypton explodes. But instead of landing in Kansas, where, uh, you know, kindly Ma and Pa Kent find his spaceship, um, he lands in, I don't even actually know if they mention where he is living here. Somewhere west of Kansas, yeah, uh, yeah, close to the border of Mexico, and he is found by migrant workers. So he's still found by by farmers, really. Yep. Um, but he's found by these these uh, Mexican migrant workers, and he is brought up as uh, part of this migrant family, and they don't teach him the same exact values as Mom Pa Kent, but it's pretty darn close. Yep. Uh, they teach them, you know, you you got to hide your powers, you got to use them for good, but don't use them much because, you know, we don't want anyone to know that you can fly, and we don't want anyone to see you. He has a sister, an older sister, um, and his his mother especially is a very religious mm-hmm. uh, Catholic woman, and you know talks to him about faith, talks to him about you know, um. You are your gift, you know, that kind of thing. You have these gifts and we don't know why, but uh, God does things for a reason and we've got to have faith. And, yeah. um, and his dad's strict, very, oh, oh, yeah, very much, much more strict than Pa Kent, I, I think. Um, and so from this, he's hiding his powers, but then he accidentally causes his daughter or his daughter, he causes his sister to fall from a tree when he's goading her on to climb a tree, even though she's scared of heights, he can fly. She knows he can fly and he's actually, you know, doing, he's flying along with her as she's running, uh, out to this tree. But when she falls, um, something is broken in her back and she's put in a wheelchair. And he actually makes her fall. Cause he, I think he didn't, he blow a little bit. On no, the tree he, he slapped the tougher. tree. He slapped the tree. Yeah. He slapped the tree. Yeah. Just playfully, playfully trying to make it tougher for her to climb it. And accidentally knocked her off and she lost the use of her legs. Yeah. And so, you know, there is some stuff. In, what's, what's, what I found, again, interesting about this was there's a lot of talk about, like, the American dream mm-hmm. and how they are working and part of what they're working for is that American dream. And it's kind of like the, you know, another, maybe not another side of the coin because uh, – that's you know, Ma and Pa Kent. You know, it's, you think of Ma and Pa Kent as very much the American, uh, typical American story of you know working hard out in the field, you know, and but then you have this kind of the the dark side of that here with these mm. um, people who are they're migrant workers who they they face racism almost everywhere they turn. Um, they're also the implication for me anyway when I think of migrant workers is. They're being um, taken advantage of mm. uh, because they're they're working and doing you know the job for far cheaper than anyone else would have done the job for, and and he is growing up with with that as his background, where he's facing prejudice and he's facing um, rejection, and he's holding his powers back because of what he did to his sister. Um, so he he does finally start hiding his powers again until one right. There's there's a couple things that happen. One is a plane crashes, and he doesn't do anything about it. 
his dad tells him, you've got to do something. And he just watches it happen because you told me to obey, didn't you, dad? You know, and yeah. And he's got a rebellious streak in his character. Um, And he, even from when he was a young kid, they're, they're always commenting on, you know, he's got, he's got a rebel in him. You know, he's just the way he is. He's a, he's a little bit agitative, which is not something you see at all in Clark Kent, who's the model son growing up. And that's where this is a kind of slight indication that this is not Kal-El. Right. Is he's got this, you know, he talks about the devil within, you know, if I'm a gift from heaven, then why do I have the devil in me kind of thing? Um, and he's rebellious. And so you get the idea. This is not the same kid. This is not just that he's getting a different nurture because again, coming to that nature versus nurture thing, this is not just a different nurture where it's different parents, but he's got a different nature. He's got a different, um, DNA really when it comes down to it. And so, you know, he's not, he's not Kal-El. If there's any indication it comes from that, that, and we've told you, you know, it's, it's not Kal-El because yes. all three of these people are different, but since they don't reveal it in the comic and they don't reveal it in the short video, we're not going to talk about who he is. Uh, even though we know and knew because of the trailer. And it's also interesting because he, he, physically resembles his his adopted uh family who are from mexico Mm -hmm. and so it's it's an interesting thing like is it because of just the environment he's growing up in the sun being out in the sun all day or is it or is it uh something else just in his dna that he's not kellogg there's no s curl in his hair (laughs) yeah exactly Um, yes there's not (laughs) so he he's not Kal-El. We can tell you that much, and that's how much we'll reveal. But we'll get into who he is later on. Well, in in the final episode of this this mini series that we're doing here. So what happens is after the plane crash, and he goes into town, and he doesn't he can't get drunk, but he meets some drunks, and they they are they're basically racist rednecks, and he uses his heat vision against them. And then a mob comes out after him and his family and he reveals his power again. He's going to use it, but his sisters, no, don't because that's not you. Don't do that. If you do that, I I'll disown you. So he doesn't hurt the people that are trying to hurt him and kill him and his family. Um, and he leaves and he goes on, he walks the earth. Uh, and this is where that's very Superman. Like, you know, he's yep. He's walking the earth, learning about humanity, learning about other cultures and other people. He, you know, he, he explores America and then he walks the world. Um, but he's he's not Superman. You know, he no. he's he's assuming several identities as he does so, and and basically he's doing the King Solomon thing and just trying out everything there is to try out under the sun. Yeah, yeah. To see what's uh what's gonna make him What's going to fill him up? Uh, but he does end up going and, and doing good uh, yes. when some children are kidnapped. And again, there's kind of a little bit of a twist here to the end. Not much of one. Um, you know, this is basically him accepting his destiny. Is he, you know, is he going to use his powers to help people or not? And what's interesting and intriguing about the character is not that he is using his powers to be a hero. It's why 
why is he doing it? Because does he, is he, is it morality that he's gotten from his mother or from his father's strict upbringing? Or is it just, you know, a sense of duty or is it just the easiest course of action? Or is there just this kind of innate sense of, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. Um, and if I, similar to Batman, you know, if I fight these bad guys, I can feel good about fighting. <laughs> I can feel good that I'm hurting people, but since they're bad guys, it's okay to feel good about hurting them. <laughs> and honestly, I think he does it uh, from a combination of everything you just said. I mean, he, he, he eventually goes and he saves this orphanage. He's being held hostage. I think Yeah. from these at gunpoint by these terrorist guys, or these mob guys. And he does it because doesn't the one of the girls remind him of his sister? Yes. He sees so, a girl on TV who is one of the hostages and it reminds him of his sister and he he has to go and do that. And then after he does it, he actually returns home and, and has a, another conversation with his sister about what he's doing. And it's kind of a I don't know. There's some good conversation here where he asks her. What's he say here? He says. Well, he's looking at her house and says, is this the American dream? And she says, it's the beginning of it. And he says, what makes you think it'll get better? And she says, because I have faith that it will. And then she says, just as I have faith in you, I saw what you did for those children. You're the hero. I always believed you would be. And he says, hero, I slaughtered those men and I enjoyed it. And she says, and what would have happened to those little ones if you hadn't been there? And he asks her, you approve. And she says, no, <laughs> uh, but I know it can be a dark world. And perhaps it takes a man who understands that darkness to make it a better one. Mm. and yeah so there's some interesting stuff there it's narrated by his sister yep. and and that's one of the interesting things with the storytelling here is that it is uh we talked about how there's not a lot of hope in these stories there's glimmers though of it and this is one of the glimmers of that hope is is his sister and and what she thinks about him and you know she yeah. recognizes the darkness in him but she's also got this, you know, we need him. And you know, it ends with her praying. She said, I pray every single day that as he steps into his destiny, he'll find the light that I've always seen in his heart. And yeah. Which is cool. And this, this is why I liked it more than I thought I would. Because my first exposure to this Superman guy was first was the poster for the movie. Uh -huh. In which he looks nothing like Superman should look. And then the second one was the short, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. But this comic really shed some new light on the character. And it is a, a glimmer of light that at his core, he, he puts on this outward sense of bravado and arrogance whenever you see him. But through this story and through stuff you'll see later, he has this inner inner personality that he doesn't know what he believes. He doesn't, uh, he talks about, he doesn't know what he believes about God. His mom taught him all his life about God and how God cares and God loves and God gave you these gifts. He doesn't know what he believes about any of that. He doesn't know what he believes he should do with his life. And he's just kind of doing whatever, trying to figure it out. And even then with his sister is the, is one of the people who can get under his skin and really, take a shot at his heart and his soul and, and make him think about these things and encourage him in that way. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to see how 
he's much more vulnerable and uh i guess layered he's much more vulnerable and layered character than i would have originally thought yeah there's some depth here there's some depth here and you know it goes beyond just the differences in the costume he he has a goatee yes i mean that automatically you're thinking okay he must be evil because he has a goatee um and he wears a, a trench coat and and one of the things with the design as bruce tim was talking about how he came on this trench coat but then he realized when he was doing these animation tests for him flying uh that the coat could flutter out like a cape you know and and could give you that kind of in silhouette the the superman image uh of, of him flying with the cape billowing behind him but um and he kind of has this close cropped haircut uh it still hangs it's not it's not a buzz cut or anything like that but um yeah so he he is very much a different character than than Kal-El but it's not hard i mean if you really wanted to try and figure out who who he is you'd be able to you watch the trailer you'll know <laughs> um <laughs> It's it's not a spoiler. In fact, when we get to the movie, it's really the first scene of the movie reveals who he is. Yes. But um, but at this point, we don't know who he is. And uh, as far as the storytelling goes, and he's just he's just this guy who uh, you want to get into theme here. He's figuring out, you know, he's, he's got the powers of a god, but he's got the heart of a monster. And how is he going to? you know, reconcile that. And it's, it's a much more layered and in, and depth, uh, in depth exploration of, you know, a guy who is choosing to be a hero when he's by nature, not one, he doesn't feel like a hero, but he's, are you a hero? If you're just going through the motions, of doing all those heroic things. Mm, good question. Yeah. And uh, remember, this is just the origin of him. There's a, there's more to come that continues to develop him as a character, uh, and especially that scene in the uh, the movie, for sure. Yes. So let's talk about the short film then. Okay. Which is called Bomb. Mm. <laughs> mm. This is what really intrigued me about the project. This about, is what really turned me off about the project. Yeah, this is what really intrigued <laughs> me and made me want to bring you in because I knew it had turned you off. Um, Absolutely. This this story, and we're going to spoil it. Uh, we, we are. We're going to spoil the ending of this five minute. So if you're listening in front of a computer right now, you can easily just go to YouTube, put in uh, Justice League, Gods and Monsters, bomb, and it'll bring it up. You can watch it in five minutes, then come back here. Because there's stuff to talk about here. There's <laughs> stuff to talk about. Even if it wasn't a part of this, I think that there's... And that question, does it stand alone as a story? Uh, bomb, Gods and Monsters uh, Chronicles, bomb, does. Yes. It is its own little story. And in fact, if it was the only story about this Superman... And he wasn't named Superman. You know, it would be a short superhero animated thing that has a beginning, middle and end gets into some big questions and has a has a hero who has to 
confront a moral conundrum. What does he do here? A crazy moral conundrum. Yeah, and it's one that's almost impossible to really have a good answer for. It's one that will never happen in real life. Yes. Thankfully. I mean, like the whole rowboat thing where if you're in a rowboat with a pregnant lady and an elderly woman and a doctor <laughs> and you have to get rid of two of them, who are you going to get rid of? You know, um, it, that is never going to happen. You're never going to be in a rowboat in that situation. Uh, so that's where I, I don't like those questions. <laughs> but, uh, but this is getting into that whole gods and monsters thing. Yes. You and know, I may get overly emotional about this topic. It's difficult. It's difficult. Um, basically, Brainiac has been activated accidentally. He's not supposed to have been activated. He was created to take down Superman. He was created specifically to destroy Superman. By the now, American government. By the American government. By President Amanda Waller. Uh, and Dr. Savannah is there as they're discussing the problem which is uh, the, the scientist arch enemy of Captain Marvel or Shazam as he is now talking, now is. Um, but yeah, they, they've activated Brainiac accidentally. And so there's this crazy explosiony thing that's growing in the center of Metropolis or is it, is it Washington DC Metropolis? I think it's Metropolis. Okay. It would make sense if it was Metropolis because Lois Lane is reporting on it. Yes. She's there. And they need Superman, but he's not anywhere that can be found. And so they're going to nuke the city. And uh, as Amanda Waller says to Savannah, you're, you're, you're asking me to nuke a city, an American city. And, he asked me to drop a nuke and, and he looks at her and just kind of gives a little bit of a grin, just a small one, you know, and you get the impression he's not a great guy. He's not a no. good guy, but he's not the evil villain. You know, he's, he's just, I'm making the hard choice right now. And the hard choice is we got to kill everyone to kill this thing. Cause it's going to destroy the whole Eastern seaboard in eight hours. And I'm okay with that. And so they're going to drop the nuke, but before they can, uh, the plane is getting ready to drop it. And, uh, all of a sudden, a hand starts writing in the glass on the cockpit that says, give me five minutes. And it's Superman. He's coming. And so they don't drop the nuke. Superman flies down. And he fights his way through the this storm of um, energy and wind and, and stuff. Gets into the center of it, the eye of the storm. It's this kind of energy dome. And there's a baby brainiac in the center of it who's crying and who just can't control his power. He, needs, he says to Superman he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know how he got there and he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and Superman says, well, you've got to stop. And the, the child cries, I can't. I can't stop it. And Superman says, well, I, I can and the, the child looks at him and says, will you? And his eyes start to glow. And he's holding the baby's head in his hands and his eyes start to glow. And we cut to the city and the storm stops. And that energy globe kind of shrinks in. And the, there's the child dead in Superman's arms. 
And and then Superman sighs because it's dead, and he had to do it. And you get some he's some actual like animated acting here where he's you know he didn't want to do this he sh- you know he, and but he had to and you know, it's again a moral conundrum that we'll never have to face as far as you know a child that's going to devour <laughs> the, the eastern seaboard you know what would you do you know we don't have to ask those questions necessarily but um you know a character like superman would have to ask some of those questions and so here is where i think we get an answer to one of our questions about superman and about elseworlds is does this show us something about superman does it explore something about him i think it does because kal-el he'd find a way yes he would he would not he would never do what this guy did and we know that because he's come up against these situations before and he always finds a way or will die trying. So with Batman and that animated thing, you get the final moment. How is he different than Batman? He's got fangs and drinks blood. And kills people. And kills people. Yeah. This one, how is he different than Superman? Uh, I think part of it is he takes the easy way out. He still wants to do good, but he doesn't want to go too far in doing good. Maybe I, I don't know how how best to I, describe that. But I think it's the die trying aspect. He doesn't have that in him, at least not yet. Because yeah, yeah. Superman is willing to lay down his life for the greater good and for the protection of of everybody, and he's shown that time and again. Uh, this guy is not at that spot. No, he is at not. all. So. It's definitely a different Superman, definitely a different Superman. And that's what this is intended to do. The yep. the short animated stories are intended to, I mean, they came out a, you know more than a month before the release of the movie itself. These are promotional material. These are material where it's coming out to um, get you intrigued. And this, this one had me intrigued. Uh, now it made me think of like Akira, and some other anime movies that I'd seen in the past mm. where it's like this little baby with a bulging brain kind of thing. And, um, and then actually even maybe think of that, uh, you know, with the resolution too, where it's this dark solution, you know, the easy answer, not the right answer. But, what you were saying, uh, before where if this wasn't a Superman story, if that wasn't, if that guy wasn't named Superman, if that guy was, if the baby wasn't named Brainiac, uh, I think this would fit in pretty well with the Watchmen universe or something like that, mm. um, because they're they're going up against that sort of junk all the time. Uh, if you've read Watchmen, um, I think it would fit in well in that sort of thing. Uh, I do have that behind the scenes nugget that I have learned right, from let that. Me hear uh, Lay it on us. Okay, so. The inspiration for this, Bruce Tim says, is that when he went to see the Man of Steel and Superman, spoiler alert, kills General Zod uh, at the end of the movie by snapping his neck, uh, many fans of Superman uh, were outraged because Superman killed uh, his enemy. 
Um, and Bruce Tim didn't think it was a big deal. In fact, he goes on to say that uh, the notion of not using lethal force is an outdated notion. Yeah, for these I, heroes. I heard that in in the uh, interview that I that I watched with him. I do not agree. He was talking about how, you know, okay, yeah, in the 40s, it was more children stuff. And so it's understandable that they wouldn't have guns and wouldn't kill and stuff like that. But now, you know, he, he said, if you're a police officer and someone is going to kill someone else, you not only have the right to use lethal, lethal force, you have the obligation, he said, to use lethal force. Um, yeah. And so he, he referenced man of steel then in, in the interview you saw though. Yes. Interesting. Because and he, he said, okay, so when he heard that and they were going to, that the fans were outraged and he was going to do a, a short about Superman. He's like, Oh, I can beat that. That was literally what he said. He's like, Oh, I can up the ante on that easy. <laughs> I'm going to have him kill a child. Yes. And that was his motivation for doing this. He said, he said, that was the main motivation was to kind of stick it to the outraged fans. <laughs> not for some like, not for some moral reason to make you think, well... but to, to push the envelope. And he said that was the exception with the Superman one was I really just wanted to push the envelope with what I was going to make this guy do. Because it does. I mean, it, it pushes the envelope, but it, it does make you. OK, how far is too far? And where would you go, you know, and, and what would you do? Um, I mean, he, he is asking some questions here, but it is interesting because, you know, he I was afraid he was going to snap the, the kid's neck mm. because he's holding the child's head in his hands, one hand on either side of the face, on either side of the jawline. Right. You know, like that typical, you know, snap the neck with just that, that quick little thing that I don't know if it actually would work in real life but if Arnold Schwarzenegger does it to you know someone in an 80s action movie you you believe that you know it worked because 80s action movie right right but um but then his eyes start to glow and you realize he's being a little more humane and and doing what he's doing but well and that's also a a Bruce Tim tradition is when Superman goes evil and kills somebody, he always lobotomizes them or something with his heat vision. Really? In all of his, yeah, in all the shows. So. But he, in this one, um, I mean, I, I watch that and I think, you know, Man of Steel, I, I almost can accept what happens at the end of Man of Steel. I actually do. I mean, w the way it happens and, and because it's this kind of build up and it's the first time he's ever really gone against anyone with any sort of power. And yeah, but with, with this here, I'm thinking my Superman, Kal-El, he would take that child in his arms and fly. Yep. And put him in the phantom zone, phantom zone, maybe, or stasis of some sort, or just the moon. Yep. You know, he would exactly take that child do. in his arms and he would fly and he would get the child out of there away from the people so he would t you know he would move the problem he may not have a solution to the problem but the first thing he would move the problem and that's the that's actually one of the complaints people had about man of steel is that the battle just takes place in the city 
you know, and they, they yep. you know, Superman didn't pull Zod away from the city and, you know, it's all the destruction of the, the buildings and stuff. But, um, and, and that's another thing there, there's, there's legitimate reasons to not like man of steel. I may not agree with them, but I do see their legitimacy with yes. this, you know, that's the whole point is Kal-El Superman uh, would take that child in his arms, take that child, get him out of there so that he's not hurting anyone else. And then he would work on a solution for the child. Yep. So, and I think, I mean, if you have the power to do something in the, the best way and you don't do it, then you are not doing what a hero would do. If, if you like, if you're just settling for good, when you know you can do best, like you said, he's taking the easy way out. And that's where this superhero is not a hero. Right. You know, he is doing these things, but what's the reason? Because why you do something is just as important as what you're doing. It may be even more important on a personal level for you as the person who's doing the action. Uh, now, what you're doing for other people when you're helping them, even if you're helping them for the wrong reason, that's good for them, you know, that you're helping yep. them. But, you know, when we're talking about you yourself and again, talking about because here this this is the the struggle for him. He's got the powers of a god, but the heart of a monster. And that's a struggle where which direction is he going in? Is he you know, going to the side of the angels or the side of the demons? And for him, he's doing all the right things or at least doing you know, most of the right things uh, with his power that you would do. You know, he's he's going off. He's fighting crime. He's rescuing children. He's saving a city. There's a bus full of people that he walks right past when he's fighting to get to the the bubble where Brainiac is. Yep. He's saving their lives, you know, but. But do the ends justify the means? Well, and in this case, you know, could he have done more? Yep. Absolutely. He could have. Yep. But that's why this one is what caused me to be really intrigued by this project. And start looking into it and finding out there's this comic series and all this stuff because of the choice the character does make. And that's the reason that this turned me off to the project <laughs> until you asked me to review it uh, because I am tired of DC comics, not making Superman content about my Superman. Uh, they haven't done so in a long while now. And that's understandable. And again, legitimate. Um, the good thing is you do have a lot of Superman content that is about your Superman. Yes, you're right. And, and, and I do too. I mean, and this is not our Superman, clearly not our Superman because nope. he is a different guy and we'll talk more about him. But, uh, next we'll be talking about wonder woman and who is she and who is she not? Well, and I not. have some interesting opinions. I do too. I do too. But we're gonna have to wait until tomorrow to uh, to get those opinions. 
Uh, like we've said before, if you want to get the whole series, uh, it'll be available at comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters, where you can find all the episodes as they are released day by day this week. Um, if you're finding us and you're looking, you're finding, you know, this episode 69, well, episode 68 was our first gods and monsters. We would kind of explain the concept and, and all that. So I do want to thank everyone for listening and, um, Evan, any final words here about these, this, this, was it fun? Was it good? Was the, it our- once again, fun, not the word I would use. Good. The comic book was better than I thought it would be. Um, but I don't know if it's one I'm going to recommend to people. Um, I'm definitely not going to recommend this short unless you just want to talk about some uh, moral dilemmas with me, uh, then you can go ahead and watch it. But other than that, uh, it's it's not some media I'm going to be forwarding on. Um, it's a five minute episode, though. Yeah, and I look at that and say, for a five minute thing, it's pretty good. Well, quality wise, if we're talking quality wise, I'm talking overall, but quality wise of art, uh, top notch. I mean, actually, it's surprising how good the animation is. Oh yeah, seeing seeing the Bruce Tim animation back. I mean, like I said, uh, brings me right back to what I think is some of the best superhero TV ever. Uh, and it look it just looks like a continuation of that. But then you get into content, and it's it's not. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's not Bruce Tim. It's not the Bruce Tim Superman, I should say. Right. Which, which was a good version of Superman. Yes, it was. Uh, I I could do a whole podcast just talking about how much I love that show. But uh, yeah, I, I would say it, this is good um, as part of a greater whole. We'll talk about the greater whole and how it all fits together. Um, the comic book, yeah, it, it, as a one shot, not a bad story. Uh, the the all of the stuff we've talked about so far, it's it's background material for yes. a movie. Keep that in mind. And so as I was reading this, I had that in mind, and, and as I was building into okay. I'm leading up to the movie. I'm going to watch the movie after I read these comics. And, uh, and, and, and so that's what makes it worthwhile is as a support to the movie. So then we have to talk about the movie to really talk about if this is worthwhile, <laughs> because is it worth, it's worth supporting the movie, but is the movie worth being supported? You know, if the movie's no good, there's no reason to get into this back material. Um, so we'll, we'll be talking about that. And that was the risk in doing this. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So until next time, I want to thank everyone for listening and Evan, can you please tell everyone uh, where they can find you online? Once again, if you'd like to hear more from me, uh, and the people I hang with, including Ben, uh, you can check out facebook.com slash static blade podcast. And, uh, there you will find all sorts of material about nerdy stuff and comic book superhero stuff we are currently going through a superman comic series much like the uh, comic book time machine usually does and uh it's on the early 2000s superman leading up to the dc comics event our worlds at war so if you'd like to check that out please do so love to hear from you 
And I've already said you can find us at comicbooktimemachine.com. And if you go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters, you will find the full five episode series of the gods and monsters coverage. So uh, until next time, I just want to say again, I say it a lot, but I really mean it. Thanks for listening and Godspeed.